Pampers Cruisers 360 is the must-have diaper to help keep your baby from taking it right off, which, if you've experienced this, can lead to complete chaos. With its 360-degree stretchy waistband that moves with your baby for a comfortable fit, your active baby can move freely. Think of it as baby yoga pants. Cruisers 360 offers a gap-free fit and has a blowout barrier at the back of the diaper to help stop any unwanted disasters. The best part? That stretchy waistband makes it so easy to change your wiggly baby, who is always on the move and can't be stopped. Just rip the sides to remove and roll it up with the disposal tape on the back. Voila! Pampers Cruisers are available in sizes 3 to 7 and now feature fun new prints. Pair with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes, made from 100% plant-based cloth that grips the mess without fear of tearing. With Free and Gentle, mess meets its match. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. This podcast is brought to you by the film Ezra from Bleecker Street, directed by Tony Goldwyn with an incredible ensemble that includes Robert De Niro, Bobby Cannavale, and Whoopi Goldberg. Ezra is a funny and endearing story about Max, a divorced father struggling to co-parent his autistic son, Ezra. When faced with difficult decisions about the future, they embark on a cross-country road trip that has a transcendent impact on both their lives. Deadline calls Ezra a touching testament to the power of love. In theaters May 31st. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, this is Laura Vanderkam. I'm a mother of five, an author, journalist, and speaker. And this is Sarah Hart Unger. I'm a mother of three, a practicing physician, and blogger on the side. We are two working parents who love our careers and our families. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. Here we talk about how real women manage work, family, and time for fun. From figuring out childcare to mapping out long-term career goals, we want you to get the most out of life. Welcome to Best of Both Worlds. This is Laura. This is episode 161, which is airing right at the beginning of September. We know a number of people have started up with school in various forms, whether virtual or in person. Um, My kids have not yet started up for what will be virtual for at least the first month, but have high hopes we will transition to in-person soon um, for, for most of the kids. Sarah, you have you know talked in the past about how you have two of your kids doing in-person private school and one in the virtual public school option. But there's all sorts of different modes out there and different solutions that I know a lot of our listeners are adopting in order to do their jobs while managing school that in many cases looks different than it has in the past. Uh, what, are, what are some of the things you're, you're hearing um, from your colleagues and others who are, who are doing right now? Well, I just got an interesting email yesterday that I immediately forwarded to a couple of my residents who have kids because I think I had mentioned either on the pod or my blog, I don't remember, that our JCC was doing like a kind of like a camp 
for virtual school type of thing where they were going to have the kids kind of in pods with supervision and doing the public school curriculum supervised with tutors, basically. Um, the YMCA has now opened up a similar thing. And actually, our my, my healthcare system is a big healthcare system in the area, and they're subsidizing this. So it's actually really, really affordable for residents and nurses or, who, or, or whoever. I think it's like $100 a week or something. Oh, wow, for, that's great. For like eight to six care. Yeah, yeah. you can't um, get that. <laughs> so... <laughs> So that that was really really cool option, and I could see how you know as long as they keep their rooms separate, that could be as safe as it can get um, for some people. So that's 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 helpful, so that people who are um, essential providers, because a lot of the people using that would be like nurses and doctors, can can get to work and do their job. So that's awesome. There's the pod, and there have been so many articles um, that you know by the time this airs, I'm sure you've all read about the pros and cons of pods, but that does seem like it is very popular. And I think one interesting thing is the shifted schedule. So our school district is having a 2 p.m. to 8 p.m. option. And I think their reasons for that are twofold. Number one, there are some teachers that have kids. And if the teachers need to supervise their own kids, then they kind of need to be doing their teaching work at a different time. So this was one way. Like if a teacher wanted to do that, then they could supervise their kids in the morning and then do their actual teaching in the evening. Um, and then also for parents that, you know, wanted to get their work in in the morning or had to get their work in in the morning, that they would be able to supervise their kids better in the afternoon. I mean, that makes for quite a long day, but you could technically, I mean, if you started at 6am, you could work eight hours before your kid even started their school day, supervise that whole thing, and then get up the next day to start it again. Sounds super fun. But no, if you had a partner, <laughs> if you had a partner, I could imagine that being more palatable. Maybe you could split up the kid's part or kind of alternate on, on which day. And you had a very interesting blog post recently, I thought, that detailed a way that a two-person couple could alternate things like in a very structured way. You want to go into yeah. that? So I, I got an interesting amount of feedback from this, not so much in comments on the blog, but I heard from people who wanted to like share it with other audiences because I guess it just hadn't been spelled out exactly how a split schedule with two working parents, you know, splitting at 50-50 could in fact work and could give both parties approximately 30 hours a week of focused work time, mostly during the workday. So none of these like, you know, get up at 4am and work till 8am type things, which if you have to do, you have to do, but you also wouldn't have to in, in this setup. So the idea is that you have two different shifts um, during the workday. One is eight to three and one is one to six. And that is predicated on the idea that any young children who are home are napping from one to three. That is a rough nap window. We are recording this at 2.30, right? And Genevieve is napping since Sarah does not have childcare today. And, you know, older children could use that time for independent work or for screen time or whatever you wanted to do. The idea is that that is that could be doubled um, in terms of the parents. One parent is on for it during distraction. So some of their hours are not pure hours, but mostly they two of them will be able to work. Anyway, so one party takes eight to three Monday and Wednesday and one to six on Tuesday and Thursday. The other party takes one to six on Monday and Wednesday and eight to three on Tuesday and Thursday. And then they alternate on Friday who gets eight to three and who gets one to six. So each week it splits off there. And what it works out to is then 29 hours 
during the weeks when you have the three one to six shifts, and it works out to 31 hours on the weeks where you have the three eight to three shifts. And the key thing for this to work is that when you are on, your job is not just to keep the children safe, like be an adult present in the house. You are also committing to keeping the children out of your partner's office, right? So that they can be guaranteed that those hours, being at eight to one or one to six or whatever, are focused, right? Like absolutely focused. They are not on, you, they are not dealing with anything. And if you do this, then each of you can, in fact, get the 25 pure focused hours and then between four to six hours each week of most likely, but could be interrupted because of nap time woes or whatever. And both of you would have both some afternoon and some morning hours. And so I know that that's an issue that some people would be like, well, we just split it that she takes the mornings and I take the afternoons. But then what if, you know, there are some teams that always want to meet in the morning because some other person has a different shift of, of their schedule. And so this allows you to occasionally have morning meetings or occasionally have afternoon meetings as the case may be. Again, you know, this has to be pretty much you are committing to this. You're committing to keeping the kids out of your partner's office. You can obviously arrange for a sub credit on a day if there was something like you have to pitch a new client a huge project and the only time they can meet is Tuesday on 10 a.m. at 10 a.m. and technically Tuesday is the day that you work one to six. Like probably you could arrange with your spouse to get a sub credit that you would make it up for that person at another point. But you know, you want to have that be relatively infrequently. But you know, working 29 or 31 hours a week with no paid childcare is pretty good if that's a situation that a couple might find themselves in. And if they need more hours, you can extend this swap idea to different times. I mean, maybe each of you works from 6 to 10 p.m. one night a week, and that gets you up to 34 hours a week. Or you do 6 to 10 a.m. on a weekend or something. You each get one weekend morning and, and you know, whatever it is. But that is basically full-time hours. And if they are planned well, you will be okay. So something to consider. I mean, obviously, people putting it out on my blog that not everyone is in a two-income couple. Totally understood. Not everyone is in a two-person situation. Again, totally understood. Not everybody is working from home. There are people who have to be in the office and then their partner has a, a different setup. I think Sarah and I have both definitely advocated you know, for hiring childcare if you're in a situation where um, this is the case. But if that is not going to be happening, this is one way that both parties can get an equitable split and a reasonable amount of time. I've learned that those critiques are called caveat critiques. I learned that from Cal Newport, um, who mentions that sometimes if you give advice, and Laura, you you dispense a lot of advice for a living, and I guess we do that on this podcast as well. Some a lot of people will come up with what, but in this situation, it doesn't work. And his take on that, which I thought was interesting, is that well, the reason you don't give all the scenarios is because there's infinite scenarios, and then it would be a very bad book or podcast or whatever if you spent that time listing. Well, if 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 if. So anyway, that's a caveat critique. <laughs> I agree. I can't come up with everything. You know, I, I we write advice that might be helpful to some people. And well, if you, it is not you helpful filter, to you, you filter, you glean what is helpful and what is not, which yeah. um, I had somebody write me recently that even though her situation was slightly different than ours, she enjoys the podcast a lot and she, she filters it appropriately. And I, I appreciated that. You know, I love your schedule because 
Well, I like the rigidity of it. Like if I was going to do this, which we can't, but if if I was, then I think I think it gets really difficult when it's nebulous, when you're like, oh, you know, we'll just cover for each other because then things could get very lopsided very quickly. And I think if you really take the time with your partner to be like, these are my hours, these are your hours. Like I could imagine that if my husband and I did have the kind of jobs that were amenable to this, there would have to be some kind of whiteboard. Like I would need to see this in black and white, like, and this is my time and this is not my time. And this is my time. I have to be on for the kids. So I can't schedule something. But then once you did that, you could kind of have freedom within that structure to get a lot done. And I will mention that, you know, I think an argument, a caveat argument, I don't know, that people might make is well, 30 hours, I work 90 hours. I mean, number one, Laura has done some interesting work (laughs) demonstrating that most people who say they work 70 hours or whatever, many of them don't. Yes, some residents do and, you know, other various exceptions, I'm sure, but most people don't. And the schedule that you pose is actually very friendly. Like it starts at eight, right? I mean, it ends at, it, this, it, nobody's getting up at five and you know, you could certainly if you needed to get to that 40, 45 hour, as she mentioned, add on some. Oh yeah. You could do like seven, seven to three and one to seven, right? Like that would work just as well. Um, you know, I was just more saying that most people probably who are in corporate type team jobs like do need to mostly put their work during the work day. I mean, there's some things that they can do outside of it, but presumably most of your colleagues are not available at 7 a.m. or 7 p.m. So, I mean, that's, if you are going to include those hours, it's going to have to be for your individual deliverables. Um, and, and so, you know, whatever, if you want to extend the window, you can, of course, but if you want to have it sort of a more normal family life, I mean, either mom or dad being gone from eight to six is really not that crazy a schedule. Uh, so, uh, yeah, no, I, I thought it was reasonable. That's why I posted it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we'll hear from anyone if they adopt something like that. Yes. In fact, that would be a really fun episode to have in, in the future. Um, we did have one, um, our Susanna Quincy did something like this with her partner, uh, but maybe another example in the future of someone kind of making it work without childcare by really coordinating with a partner. Well, I think we should take a short break and then we're going to come back and hear about how Sarah's day of seeing patients um, from telemedicine when, when there was a, a child care issue, how that went. So we'll be back in just a minute. All right. So on Sarah's blog the other morning, we, we got an announcement that she had learned at 2 a.m. that uh, she was she was on for the day. So how, how, how did this go down? Yeah. So our poor nanny, like she had a health issue come up, not COVID, don't worry. And she's already doing much better. But it was the kind of thing where there was no way she was going to be able to come in. So I got this text at 2 a.m. and I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do about it? But Oh my God. So um, I kind of cycled through all the possibilities in my head at 2 a.m. because it's not the kind of thing you can just roll over and deal with later. And I had about 13 telehealth visits scheduled that day, like that morning, you know, starting in about six hours. So I was like, okay. Option one, hey, Josh, what are you doing? And I don't, I think he was like downstairs when the text came in, but then he woke up too and came upstairs. Sometimes he might fall asleep on the couch downstairs. Poor guy. Anyway, so he comes upstairs. I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, I have three surgeries. Crap. (laughs) Because, you know, if he just had clinic, then it would kind of be debatable. Like maybe we could each do half. But since he had actual surgeries, 
I felt that bumping people's surgeries was probably a little, you know, not cool. So I figured it was then on me. So then the option two was going to be, okay, well, I guess I will just cancel everybody and move them to like the next week when we were supposed to be off. But that sounded really unpalatable and also kind of a logistical nightmare to try to reach everybody who was going to be, you know, seen that day. I'm sure our office would have helped with it, but still that was stressing me out. Then I was like, "Hmm, maybe I could just see them with the kids home and maybe Annabelle would rise to the occasion as my eight-year-old babysitter. And so I was like, I'm just going to give it a try. What's the worst that could happen? Like I have terrible encounters and I tell them we'll have to reschedule because I have three children at home due to an emergency. When we, when Annabelle got up, I told her that she was basically going to be in charge of the kids for the morning. And, um, she's eight and a half, by the way, she's pretty mature for her age, but obviously only eight and a half. So, you know, and I told her that if, well, I told them all that if everybody was good, then they could all choose a toy from Target online at the end of the day. So it was a nice carrot to dangle in front of them. And I also told her that she could uh, give them unlimited screen time <laughs> during the morning to help her get through it. So um, she kind of was really excited about it, actually. She got all like, I don't know, she she was very poised for the day, kind of like, like she had aged five years um, instantly. And she actually did a really good job. I was able to kind of go downstairs. My office is upstairs. So I would go and check on them kind of between each patient and be like, okay, everybody's still alive. She was leading art class. She was doing dress up. (laughs) She got them a snack. She was like, I got Cameron a fig bar and I made sure it was just the one fig bar. (laughs) Well, (laughs) so she did really well. And, um, Then the afternoon was fine because honestly, like my big kids usually just play Minecraft the whole time and Genevieve sleeps and it could have gotten bad because at the very end I had like a sibling pair scheduled and I heard Viva and I was like, oh crap. And then they ended up rescheduling. So that was, that was a really good ending to the day because it could have been, it could have been rough because the thing is once I mean, unless Annabelle could have gotten her bribed back with a show, which is possible. But, you know, when she first wakes up, if she, she hears she that I'm here, little, yeah. she's very interested. Yeah, mommy, mommy, mommy. So it ended up working out. So it was it was not fun. Like, I definitely had this undercurrent of like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, the whole time. But then the truth is like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, it's telehealth. We can always move it. Although it feels catastrophic because with telehealth like if you have one visit that goes to bad then like then your next visit starts late and they're trying to get in and then then your next one does and it kind of snowballs so i mean i was lucky it worked out i would do it again in a pinch but i am not going to plan on doing that (laughs) no no it's the kind of thing it's like you can do it for one day because you know that you can make it up at some other point if if it's a problem but you you can't do it day after day um and that level of stress is just hard to work with. And I think that's what's really been challenging for a lot of people is, is the constant fear of interruption um, when they, you know, don't have hands-on coverage for, for younger children. Yes. Plus it was a little, I was thinking to myself like that, if I was to do that regularly, that's, that's a lot on an eight-year-old. Like, yeah, I don't want course. her to be traumatized. Like, oh my God, I was the family babysitter for, for a year or something. Like, no, I think she had fun, but if it was a routine thing. Yeah. Not not so much. <laughs> yeah. Well, as you discovered, I mean, the screens really help. I mean, <laughs> you know, we talk about using screens as a babysitter, but oh my goodness, sometimes you need the screens as a babysitter. And and definitely our, you know, when we need it, the older kids can 
play Minecraft or be on their computers or whatever for a while. The one issue with Alex and why this has been sometimes problematic is if he gets bored on the computer, he will then come and cause havoc, like, you know, and sometimes just naughtiness for attention. And that that can be rough to deal with. You know, so it's not 100% reliable by any means. Well, and it's also very age dependent, age right? Dependent. Like I thought to myself, I could not have done this a year ago. Yeah. Genevieve would not have had it or two years ago, like with a six month old, like no, no way. No, you I couldn't like do that. No. I was just on the fringes where I was able to pull it off. But it's, well, yeah. and my older kids, I mean, the the older three would be, you know, fine all day, basically. Um, so if if I only had them, I think this would be a very different setup <laughs> than it is. But of course, I have younger children as well. So it, it goes, it's a little bit more problematic. Yeah, we, we uh, can do some stuff with without childcare. I can't do all that much. Um, so the days that we don't have it, Michael and I try to come up with some way of splitting it. Um, that tends to, It's basically every Friday for the most part. And so he will mostly work in the morning um, and then he can tend to be able to stop work around one. I mean, cause it's the summer. I mean, they might've had summer Fridays in a lot of places anyway. Um, so, and then I usually would work in the afternoon and I just sort of anticipate that if I need like calls, I either put them in Friday afternoon. And if people don't want to do Friday afternoon in summer, cause that's kind of, nobody wants to be on the phone in Friday afternoon in summer. I just need to try to make sure that happens earlier in the week since, since Friday morning generally isn't going to work for me. So that's how, that's how we split it. That makes sense. Yeah. I don't think anyone wants to do anything Friday afternoon ever, really. Never. No, <laughs> no. But there is a light at the end of the supervision tunnel that the, the older children can, can pretty much fend for themselves and get their own snacks and turn on their own screens and usually not wander in and cause trouble. Eventually they do grow up. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Well, so we wanted to uh, pivot here to talk about our third anniversary. So alert listeners may recall that we started in late August of 2017. We had, uh, so this is our 161st episode. So I guess we're a little past the, the three-year mark. We do 52 a year, plus we had three to start with or something. Have you gone back and listened to those early ones at all? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were saying earlier, I don't think we want to. <laughs> We've, we have grown and evolved as podcasters in the course of the year. Yeah, I don't, I don't enjoy listening to my own voice at baseline. So listening to my own voice when it was even less experienced than it is now would be not the most fun. But I'm sure some of them are fun. Actually, I should revisit some of my favorite prior guest episodes because there are definitely some in our archives that I'm like, wow, we had yeah. that person on. What so were cool. some of your your favorite from the past year? Yeah. So in the past year, I went through and kind of scrolled through and some of my favorite guest episodes were Jennifer Petrilieri, um, who wrote Couples That Work. I just thought she was so eloquent. And plus, I love her book. I think my husband's reading it now, actually. So there you go. And I really liked, and I think you did oh, too, yeah. having Joel and Matt that was just from fun How to we Money. Both listen to their podcast, right? And so you feel like you know people from listening to their podcast. And then when they're on your show, it's like, hey, we've, we know each other already. Sort of. Sort of. You <laughs> don't. I mean, and then but you that's okay. that you don't, but it was still so much fun. <laughs> so they were great. And then in terms of the ones that we did, I loved, of course, the post-baby update when you came back after your very, very <laughs> brief maternity non-leave. Yes. Non 
And then um, I did kind of a memorable, somebody asked about this one recently about like when I talked about PMDD and stress and stuff, it was like episode 118 that we had a whole discussion about that. And then the milestone birthday episode after I turned 40 was pretty fun. And we both discussed our fun milestone birthdays. That was episode 146. So I think those are my favorites. Yeah, that was, those year. are all good ones. Um, yeah, Joel and Matt was definitely a favorite for me. I enjoyed the one in September of 2019 where I announced that Henry was on his way. Um, just because, well, this was a first, you know, baby announcement on Best of Both Worlds. Obviously, Genevieve, we announced when she was born, but people knew you were expecting her when we started the podcast. So it was fun to make a baby announcement like that and know that people would be excited and interested. Like having this podcast makes it feel more like there's a community around that's excited about these things. And and so it was fun to share it and, and to know that I was putting that out there. And so I really enjoyed that part um, of, of that one. I wanted to to pause here to, to note um, a guest from a past year that, uh, you know, we, our first fall that we had Emily Garnett, who was so eloquent about her battle with breast cancer um, and what that was like to be a young woman facing that diagnosis, especially with a very young child at the time. And I'm tearing up here, but unfortunately, we learned recently that she had passed away this spring. And so our, you know, sincere condolences to her husband and her son. And, you know, we were so glad that we were able to have her on the show and and get to know about her and her story. Um, So people want to go back and and listen to that one. It was from right around Thanksgiving in our first year. (sighs) So, yeah. She was inspiring. Really really such a loss. loss. Well, so we have been talking about so many topics on on Best of Both Worlds. And of course, we always want more guests. We want um, guests of all different backgrounds and family types and different situations. You're dealing with combining work and life, different professions, different numbers and children and different ages and all those sorts of things, um, people facing different challenges. So we always welcome ideas on guests. Um, Feel free to reach out to either of us and, you know, people pitch themselves. So if you think you would make a good guest, you you certainly don't have to do the, uh, you know, unassuming woman thing and nominate somebody else. Like if you want, if you think you would be a good guest, we would love to hear about it. So let us know why you'd be a good guest and hopefully we can, we can make that work. So our question this week uh, comes from a listener who says, how do you find one-on-one time with your spouse? Um, she says, more time to talk than physical. Okay, so she's not <laughs> looking looking for advice on that. Lock the door. I find that working and a child, want, I find that with working and with having a child, once the child is asleep, I either want to sleep or do something personal. I used to have date night, but that's now gone. I assume for the reason it is for everyone else. There's no restaurants or bars to go out to and your childcare situation may be gone as well. Uh, so any suggestions, she says, for, for getting one-on-one time with the spouse? I love how she thought we would have advice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Silence. Silence. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, okay, well, first I would just say, Hopefully you still feel like you can connect because it's probably not going to look exactly how it looked before. And maybe that's okay. I do feel lucky that I don't feel like our relationship has suffered, despite the fact that we do have much, much less 
kind of one-on-one time. I mean, honestly, maybe screens are just the theme of today's episode. Um, But the only time my husband and I seem to have like an uninterrupted, non-fatigued conversation of any quality is when either the three are miraculously playing, like, you know, you kind of can't, We've noticed you can't make that happen. Like it, it just happens sometimes, and it's like, ooh, don't touch it. Like this is amazing. They're all doing whatever. Do not bother them, and then we can like have a nice conversation. Or if they're all watching some kids' movie that they're engrossed in, then we can usually actually talk and like maybe drink a beer or hang out like while they're doing that. Um, And that typically would happen like in the early evening, right after dinner. Sometimes on the weekend before dinner especially if we're doing takeout, so I don't have to cook anything. A couple of weeks, he was making some cocktails on Sunday, which was kind of festive. So yeah, but no, we don't, I mean, it's not like, I don't have like an answer. <laughs> yeah, there's there's not really a great answer for this. I think the, the good news is it doesn't have to be a lot of time. I mean, if you could come up with, you know, 20 minutes twice a week to chat without interruption, that might feel like enough right now to keep treading water till when we get to a place where we can resume more of normal schedules and the like. Um, we, you know, sometimes we, we try to chat when we have Henry around, for instance, you know, he'll just be playing on the floor and the other kids are off doing something. And, you know, we're, we're there with the baby, but there you go. I mean, that's as close as you get to, <laughs> to kid free time. And sometimes, you know, just sitting outside, you know, while the kids are playing, watching a movie or something uh, can can do that. But no, there's there's not really a great option at the moment. And I think a lot of couples are, are struggling with this. But on the other hand, you know, you're you're in this project together right now. This is really something that is feeling like we're getting through it together. We're both trying to do the best we can with five children and you know everyone around all the time. So, you know, it, it will be okay. Maybe there's like a wartime bonding thing going on. <laughs> yes, exactly. A, a wartime bonding. That's that's a good way to good way to put it. But I do love that she said it was uh, apparently they're still having physical time. <laughs> she Either that or she doesn't talk. care about that part. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> she doesn't care about that time. <laughs> I was like, well, you know, hey, if you're still pulling that off, good for you. Then you know, you're 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 good. <laughs> like, talk for five minutes beforehand or after or something. <laughs> All right. So, love of the week. Um, what do you, what do you have this week? <sighs> okay. Well, I have will have to admit, my like basic self is playing Taylor Swift's Folklore on repeat. It's such a good album. I love it. My friends make fun of me. I don't care. It's great. And then I also, can I have two loves? Yes, it's my podcast. It's our podcast. Okay. Of course. Catherine Goldstein, who was on our podcast previously and who hosts the Double Shift podcast, did a great job being a guest on Spond, which another is another parenting podcast that I enjoy. And she spoke all about how the pandemics has different impacts on the entire spectrum of working mothers. So that was a great podcast listen the other day. All right, we'll go check that one out. And I have to admit, I have not listened to Taylor Swift's folklore yet, but I, I like Taylor Swift. I, I don't, I, I don't know what's with me right now. I can't focus on anything. I was just like, here's an album that I would like to listen to, and yet I have not listened to it. I go figure. Tonight, All tonight, right. my love of the <laughs> tonight. All right, I'll do that. Maybe while doing my love of the week. So, you know, none of my children ever want to sleep ever, so they don't go to bed at normal kid times. But um, what I doing in the evening to sort of fill time until it might conceivably be possible to get some children down for bed, I put Henry in the stroller and I pour myself a beer 
and I go walk around the driveway with Henry in the stroller with my beer and just enjoy the evening. We're kind of looking at each other, making faces. Sometimes I'm texting Sarah. And she's like, why are all my texts from Laura coming at 7.45 p.m.? Well, that's why, because I'm out in the driveway. And there are no open container <laughs> laws in your driveway. Well, in my driveway, yeah. I'm not walking down the street with my beer. Like, I'm in my driveway. It's fine. So that's a nice way to spend the evening and to relax and to have, you know, the kid, you know, he's strapped in, so he's not rolling around left and right and getting into trouble. And the kids are doing whatever they're doing inside. Sometimes Michael is... uh playing Minecraft with them or Fortnite with them. And other times he's outside and sometimes then we talk, uh, you know, that could be a time that we chat, like he'll be doing yard work and I'll be pushing Henry around. And yeah, that's what passes for quality time these days, but it's nice. It's a nice evening ritual. And, you know, I am enjoying looking at a chubby, smiling baby. It's a different version of happy hour. I love it. All right. Well, this has been Best of Both Worlds, episode 161. We'll be back next week with more on making work and life fit together. Thanks for listening. You can find me, Sarah, at theshoebox.com or at the underscore shoebox on Instagram. And you can find me, Laura, at lauravandercam.com. This has been the Best of Both Worlds podcast. Please join us next time for more on making work and life work together. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.